You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. If you have burning questions about sex and relationships, you want to check out the Horny Housewife Podcast. Your host, Jordan, takes a raw, unfiltered, and salacious look at all things sex. Nothing is off limits. Let me have her tell you what it's all about. The Horny Housewife Podcast, the co-ed locker room where I, Jordan, your host, discuss the realities of sex and marriage, the evolution of sex and long-term relationships, dating your spouse, and inspiring creativity in the bedroom, spicing it up, mixing it up, whatever you want to call it. It's time to get intentional about the pleasure you desire to experience. Every week, expect to talk a little shit, learn some new things, and I'm answering your relatable and oh-so-interesting listener questions. Tune in every Monday for a new episode of the Horny Housewife Podcast. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Very excited to be doing my second interview in my brand new studio, which I am still working on, but um, just so excited to be here. And I'm so excited to have this gorgeous creature here who literally looks like she matches the set. And look, we kind of, we sort of match a little bit. Like it's kind of, it's kind of, I'm wearing like the conservative mom version of her sexy outfit. Um, But yeah, let me introduce to you guys, Callie Roses. Hello. Hello. So happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here too. Again, sorry for pushing your time back all the time, no, no but technical difficulties, and I didn't want to like force you to wait around for us I to start because it's been, yeah, it's been a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was actually complaining earlier to, about oh, see, look, I got stuff on it already. So I <laughs> made this horrific mistake this morning, you guys, of putting on these fake nails because my nails look so fucking ratchet right now. So I'm like, I'll do press on nails, but they're like this. They're like two different nail sizes. Oh. See how this side is longer than this side? Like I didn't realize now that you pointed out when I was putting bit. it on. Yeah. That like there's two sets. There's like a longer one, or I don't know. Maybe I put the thumb one on like all of <laughs> all the wrong finger. Yeah. So I've just been cursing That's these great. all day, and I was noticing your beautiful nails. Thank you. Um. And you have long nails. Like, do you yes. normally have your nails like that? I do. And you are able to function? Yep. Able to wipe my butt and everything. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess you just, yeah. it's like you get used to it. You don't like struggle yeah. with buttons. So the only thing I really do struggle with, which is super frustrating, is when you put, so say you're like pay for parking and you're yeah. getting out and you're trying to pay for it and you put it in the little slot, uh-huh. your card. Yes. It's hard to get my fingers all the way in to pull it all the way out. So sometimes I have to go like this to like oh, try to get the card shit. Out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So that's so frustrating. That's, that's so- one thing I haven't been able to adjust to from having You're going to need to bring else. like a pair of tweezers with yeah, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just pick it out. I've literally asked people like on the street like, hey, can you help me like get my card out? <laughs> <laughs> but that's like also so adorable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't get my card out. <laughs> but it's important, you know, for girls to yes. have nice nails. I mean, you're shooting and, you know, yeah. you want it to look good. Definitely. I was thinking about the time that I once – I once – there was a period of time that I was shooting girls for um, a client of mine, and they decided that they didn't want professional models, right? They yeah. wanted to bring in, like, cam girls and girls who'd never been on a professional set. Totally. <laughs> there was this one girl who's super sweet, and to be fair, like, she didn't know. Yeah. She'd never been on a professional set before. Yeah. She'd only, like, you know, webcammed from her bedroom. Totally. But her fucking nails were so disgusting to the point where I had to give her a pedicure in the makeup chair. She was in the makeup chair and her feet were so bad. She had like skin peel, like peeling off of them. Not just calluses, but like big pieces of skin coming off that I had to trim off (laughs) with fucking scissors. And she had hair on her feet, like not just a little bit of hair. Like, you know, we all have a little bit of hair on our toes. Yeah, totally. Full hair on her feet. I had to ask her to shave her feet. Oh, my God. I've never had to ask someone to shave their feet before. It was That's crazy. It was truly terrible. That is awful. And then I had to, like, clean her nails and paint them. And the whole – and I remember just sitting there being, like, like on my fucking knees, like, giving this bitch a pedicure. <laughs> yeah. being like, what the fuck? Yeah, you're like, I should be getting paid extra for this. Yeah, like, I just, like, <laughs> I shouldn't be dealing with this at, at all. all. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so oh my, my point is, is yes. I appreciate the professionals – who come with their nails done, yeah. even though I don't understand how you get anything done with those things. Yeah. I usually don't have my nails like this fun, but um, it was Valentine's Day and I was like, why not? So, yeah. but I usually have them like more tame. I don't usually do red and stuff, but okay. yeah. <laughs> do you, are they usually like pointy and long? Or yeah, but I do, do love my pointy nails. You know, you need weapons when you're out there on those streets. <laughs> Cat claws. <laughs> Do you ever have problems with doing girl girl and like finger insertion? Uh, yeah, I, will... I get too scared to finger insert. So mm-hmm. yeah, the ladies. So I have some like lady friends that are like, I like being fingered, and it makes me upset that you can't put your fingers in my pussy. I'm like, I can, but I'm just scared. I'm gonna like poke you because it's so different putting your fingers into somebody versus like yourself. You can like feel the walls yeah. of where you're yeah, going yeah, yeah. kind of more. Yeah, but I'm like, God forbid, I stab you. Like, yeah, I feel so bad. That would not be a fun. Yeah, you ever? So Jules Blue actually was the one who introduced me to like the lesbian manicure. Oh yeah, which the is fingers. the two. I think it's these two fingers, right? Yeah. That are short. Yeah, and the rest of them are long, so that. Get in there. She can get in there, and you don't. And so, I guess if you ever see a girl out there who is these two fingers short and the rest are long, Jeez. you know yeah. it's a secret. Yes. <laughs> so you Love live it. in Colorado. Yes. And you come out here for shooting. I do. Yeah. How frequently do you come out? 
I, well, I travel somewhere for at least a week every month, and then I try to stay home for three weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, I do go to California the most. Um, So, I don't know, it can be anywhere from, like, lately I've been here almost every month at the beginning of this year, but I do try to, like, mix in Florida and Vegas and New York and everything. Do you, do you, like, what's keeping you in Colorado? Do you have any plans to move out to any of the, like, bigger production cities, or do you like where you're at? Um, I actually like it there. I just bought a house out there, so, um. Which is probably affordable. Very. Compared to joining a house there in LA. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so got my first home out there. Um, I have, like, friends and some family out there as well. So that's what kind of, like, state makes me stay. But mm-hmm. – and I, it is nice because before – I'm from California, but – and then I lived in Florida for a little bit. And I'm, like – I love being where everything is, all the shooting and stuff. But it is kind of nice to, like, detach and be able to kind of, like, take a break when I go home, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so quiet, mm-hmm. which is nice. Do you feel like that helps you – like with your mental health in a way because yes. it really forces that separation from your work and you don't yes. get caught up in all the day-to-day bullshit. Yeah, and the thing was too for me is when I was in Florida or even LA, like I would get calls all the time, hey, we have this cancellation, like I know you can come and I would never be able, I've never said no. Like mm-hmm. I've never been able to like, of course I'm going to go. <laughs> you know? I'm not doing anything, of course I'm going to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but so it's kind of nice like, okay, you have to plan it during this time. And then it's kind of like I'm not coming out there Mm -hmm. any other time, you know. Mm -hmm. So it is nice. And it's nice too, like you said, for your mental health to kind of like separate the two. And it's just crazy in Colorado. In Florida and California, I was like recognized more. Mm. In Colorado, people are so much more shy kind Mm. of. Like I really – I've had a few people like recognize me. But in comparison to the two, it's like definitely – feel so much more like low-key over there yeah just kind of like it must be nice to just be able to be like yourself yeah do you find that living in Colorado and you said you have friends and family out there mm-hmm. do they how do they feel about you working in the adult industry are you able to like be somebody else entirely and not have like your career come up a lot yeah I feel like definitely with my like family they it was really hard for them to like accept it in the beginning of my mm-hmm. career. And then we've gotten to a point to our, our relationship that like they'd rather have a relationship with me yeah. than like not. Yeah. They don't want to hear it. They don't want it in their face. But, right. you know, they're and they're not going to go out of the, their way to find it. But mm-hmm. so that's really cool. And it is. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty nice to like kind of just separate the two. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I mean, to be honest, I. My husband and I have talked about moving out of state, um, and I always felt that I couldn't because my job keeps me here. The, yeah. the podcasting, which I really like totally. to do in person, and I was shooting a lot. Um, but it, it does feel like I don't know, and mostly my family kept me here. Yeah. Um, but it does feel like it would be really nice to live somewhere else. Yeah. Just to, just detach. Yes. You know. Totally. And it's nice too because I <laughs> I feel like in Colorado, like I can look more bummish like in sweatpants hair not done like no makeup nothing and like it's like kind of more accepted whereas like in California or Florida it's like people recognize me more often so I want to make sure I look good mm. you know what I mean whereas yeah. I'm like I feel super incognito in Colorado yeah <laughs> you yeah <know? laughs> I always so am, I always find that when I travel to other states because I grew up in LA and I've lived mm. here my whole life 
yeah. that I'm always surrounded by like skinny, beautiful people yes. all the time. Yeah. And so in my head, I feel like this is what everybody looks like. Totally. And then when I go to other places and yeah. people are normal looking, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not that fat. Oh, okay. Yeah, literally. <laughs> That's so true. I feel that. But it just feels like totally. more grounding. Yeah. And it's just not so much about appearance. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I love LA. I've lived here my whole life, like I said, and I grew up here and I have family here, but yeah. sometimes. It's hard to turn off. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about how you got into the adult industry in the first place. Yeah. So um, when I was 18, my best friend, like growing up, introduced me to webcamming. Mm -hmm. And um, so funny. She was like, why don't we – I was working at Nordstrom's full time um, and going to college. And then my best friend was like, why don't we do webcam? We could do Girl Girl together. And I did one show together and I literally made like my whole paycheck in a week in that one night. And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, but it was so funny because she was like, you need a name, you know. Um, her, na- her name was on her wall because it was like her parents' house. <laughs> and so it said like, sweet dreams, Mariah, like on the wall. <laughs> so she had to use her name. Oh, no, for the from like party. when you were a kid. Like I have like my daughter's name, yes. Violet, like above her crib. <laughs> and so- Violet, if you ever start webcamming, we got to redecorate <laughs> your room. <laughs> Like, she's like, you got to think of a name. So I was like, okay. And so I was like looking all around her room and I was like, I saw these sandals like that are from Amazon and it said K-A-L-I on it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool because I'm like from California, mm, okay. you know, and a Cali with the yeah. K kind of sounds like a real name sort yeah. of. And I had my half, half of my back was already tattooed with roses. So I was like, okay. And then Rose will be my last name. And so I webcammed for like two and a half years. And then I was recruited basically um, for it to be a Twisty's Treat of the Month in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then, and then I dated a guy in the porn industry. And I was just webcamming. And I was like dabbling kind of into like doing my own content. But this was like before that was like really a big thing so it was more so like I dated a guy in the porn industry and he was like you're gonna do these scenes with me and I was like okay you know and I was just submitting by the man at the time Mm -hmm. I was just young and yeah so um I did my first anal scene for free oh no (laughs) no yes and it was on his website it got on Pornhub like I didn't even have the content for a really long time yeah, and then but then Pornhub like went through that phase where they were paying people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I finally got my money like four years later. But <laughs> yeah, after like it had already been viewed a million times. Yeah, and so at that point, the person that recruited me, they were like, "You're not going to be able to get it down, so you might as well just like do porn," you know? Yeah. So I did. Yeah, and I love it. I mean, yeah. t- to be <laughs> fair, that is that is not untrue, yeah. but that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. I mean, yeah. were you already thinking? That it was a career that you could do? Yeah, it was hard because um, I got into webcamming and with my family, like, they were already, like, they didn't know anything about it. So, like, my family was like, you're going to get AIDS, you're going to die. And I'm like, I'm fucking myself. (laughs) So, first of all, like, get your facts right. (laughs) You're going to get AIDS and die. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) And so then, um, but then, yeah, so then I just started 
doing so it was like a slow gradual thing I wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to like get right into it right Mm -hmm. away honestly I was making so much money on my own doing webcam Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to do porn Mm -hmm. but because but also too when I was doing webcam like since everyone saw that anal video they would come into my room and like bring a guy do anal like mm-hmm. you know and it was Once like you go anal you can never yeah. go back it's just like it's always just pushing the envelope yeah. yes literally so so do you do webcaming now i don't anymore no. okay and yeah. what you're doing are you you're still shooting for brands yes i'm assuming you probably have an only fans yes definitely. and that's probably where you're if you're like most girls it's probably where you're making majority of your money yeah for sure do you miss the webcamming at all or was it really draining because I know that sometimes girls will be on for like eight hours a day I know there was times where I was on for like 12 and I mean I would take like breaks but I worked for this company that they did live Jasmine and Uh it was like a house but there was two guys running it really wasn't a good situation I found it on Craigslist oh no (laughs) you were in a cam girl's house from Craigslist (laughs) no this is like the beginning of like a disaster disaster (laughs) and like they would give me like uh, Adderall to stay up and then, like, I couldn't even take a break to eat. So I'd be eating nachos, like, in, you know, when you're waiting to go to private. Uh-huh. Like, that, I don't know, like, that open, free, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I'd be, like, twerking and eating nachos. <laughs> like, just zoomed into my house. I'm like, I got to eat, all right? Spicy. <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> spicy. <laughs> oh, no, that's funny, but also not funny yeah, at all. Yeah, that's really, crazy. did you have a hard time getting out of that? Or did they just? Yeah, they tried to scare me, too, because it was just a, such a bad situation. There was like a, it was really a couple and abuse. There was like, it was bad. Like it was really bad. And they wanted me to move with them to Florida. But I was like, I don't know anyone in Florida. And I don't want to get kicked out on my ass in Florida. Like yeah. I'd rather get kicked out where I like know people in California versus like a whole new state. And they like got all mad about that. So I eventually got kicked out. Because actually, too, um, on Live Jasmine, you know, they have all these rules. Like, you can't be underage. You can't pretend, like, role play underage. Um, You can't be do incest or anything. Mm -hmm. And I went to a private show, and some guy was like, yeah, you're 15 and my sister, right? And I was like, yeah. Take it down. (laughs) So then they kicked me out of the house. They were like, get out of the house and stuff. So, And then I went back to Corona because I was actually in Sherman Oaks that I ended up doing all that. Mm -hmm. And I went back to Corona and started doing webcam like on my own with my best friend that I started with. Right. Yeah. Is that company, those people still around? No, thank God. Yeah, I feel like I've heard a lot of stories like that from girls who've gotten into that that situation. Awful, and, but yeah. I think a lot of those are those are kind Dying of gone out. now. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. because, you know, platforms like OnlyFans just give girls yes. so much it's personal freedom. So awesome. It's crazy. Love that for us. <laughs> wow. I am yeah. I am so sorry to hear about that. Um so you were started off as Kelly Rose, yes. But now you're Kelly Roses. Yeah. How? What did the? How did the last name change? Yeah. So I went to go get my name trademarked because I got my name tattooed on my leg. So I was like, might as well just seal the deal that this is my name. You know. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. <laughs> get it on paper too. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So when I went to go and do that with my lawyer, he was like. There is a Christian country singer named Callie Rose, and if that's her real name, like, she can sue you. Um, so I ended up, I was like, 
fuck. And then I was like, okay, Callie Roses. So I'm like, just slap an ass. And it worked out because I had this tattooed on me. I was just going to say, like, you can't yeah. go back and change no. that. <laughs> I lucked out. Yeah. Yeah, that I was able just to slap an ass because that would have sucked. That's funny. That's yeah. not like, I don't know if you know this. I read this randomly, but you know The weekend, obviously. Yeah. So when he started, there was another band or something called The Weeknd. Oh. Um, and they were trademarked. So he actually uh-huh. had to take like, that's like why he took like oh, yeah. the E out of Weekend. Oh, I didn't know that. So that he could use that. that. And then obviously he blew up and whoever the other people were did not, yeah. did not, not so much. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's you cool. were lucky that you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I just go to my tattoo artist. I'm like, just slap it as. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so why do roses have such a significance for you? Yeah. So um, my sister passed away when I was about to be six. She was three. Um, and she had cerebral palsy. She wasn't supposed to live as long as she did, but she did. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, I just... I've had a lot of people pass away in my life, unfortunately. So I feel like roses kind of always followed me. So I felt like, I don't know, it was like symbolic to kind of like represent the loved ones that had passed away. Yeah. So, yeah. God, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Yeah, Yeah, my my dad passed away. Actually, yesterday it was a month. Mm. And um, it's been a... I mean, I've never been through like the grieving process before. And it is something else, man. Yeah. It is really, I mean, I don't know if you dealt, it sounds, sadly, it sounds like you've had a lot of experience in this area. Yeah. Um, But it's, like, weird because I allowed myself a lot of, like, emotional, like, grieving. Like, I've, I've allowed myself to feel the feelings. That's I've, good. like, yeah. sobbed myself into, like, a puddle of tears, like, yeah. on a daily basis, like, yeah. in my bathroom. Cause my dad and I were really close. Um, yeah. And now, like, and it feels weird because it's only been a month, right? Yeah. But I already feel like I'm coming. I mean, that's why I'm back to work and doing interviews. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm coming out of it and I'm like, you know, doing okay. I mean, I, you know, as had okay a breakdown possible, again yeah. last night, but, you know, overall, yeah. like, um, and I feel guilty about that. No. Do you, did you ever feel that? Like, I almost yeah. feel like I should be, like, I'm not on, honoring his memory by being like, totally fucking miserable no but I also always believe that the person that passed wouldn't want you to be like that and they wouldn't want you to like remember them and it always be such a sad thing like I would I would like to think that they would feel that you know when you think about them you think of like the good stuff eventually you're able to just remember that and it's like a happy memory and not just like super you know no totally I feel that and I know that he would be like that and I would feel the same like I wouldn't want people to like you know yeah totally be so sad about it but it is like a strange thing and you know I mean the adult industry has honestly been so awesome so many people have reached out to me and like been you know who've also lost people close to them parents and stuff and have just you know just been really great and you know everyone said like grieving is different for everybody that's so true I totally agree with that yeah, so Definitely. I guess it's – and I guess it's, like, a process, right? I mean, if it we're is. lucky enough to have a close relationship with our parents, it's something that we all go through, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, such the bummer. It's such a bummer. Yeah. Death is really hard. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, this sounds like a great time to take a commercial break. And when yes. we come back, um, we're going to talk about dicks because yes. nothing cheers me up <laughs> faster than talking about dicks. No, seriously, Definitely. though, we are going to talk about <laughs> We're going to talk about dicks. Yes. So hang tight, guys. We'll be right back. 
Do you want to have some kinky fun, but you'd rather experiment in the privacy of your own home? Then you should try Jerkmate.com, a website where you can have a sexy experience with real models from all over the world, no matter what you're into. Jerkmate.com is an adult community where you can match with whatever floats your boat, men, women, trans men, trans women, or couples. There's so much diversity and a wide variety of categories, such as femdom, BBW, gay, cosplay, and so much more. You can choose from private chat sessions, cam to cam if you like being watched, or you can just sit back and enjoy the show, remaining totally anonymous. Jerkmate.com is where you can explore your fantasies in a secure and welcoming space. So don't spend your next Saturday night alone. Come on over and make some new sexy friends at jerkmate.com. Go to jerkmate.com to create your free account using promo code RANDALL10 and get 10 free gold tokens for your first private chat sessions. You must, of course, be over 18 to join. Don't forget, that's jerkmate.com and use promo code RANDALL10 for your 10 free gold tokens. All right, everyone, we're back. I promised you we were going to talk about dicks. We are going to talk about dicks. Yes. <laughs> um, one question that I get a lot, I'm sure you've seen this show up in your DMs as well, mm. um, is penis size important to you? Is it important to women in general? Is it important to you? So I feel like before I got into the industry, I was a size queen. Like mm. I was like, oh my God, bigger is better. And then I got to porn and I was like, okay, there's <laughs> too big and that's it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> oh, so I I feel like um, the older I've gotten, the more I've come to appreciate just a average dick. The boyfriend penis, yes, yeah. can go in all the holes, you know, <laughs> and it doesn't hurt. It is perfect. I love that. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> that is such a great answer, and it's like you know, that's perfect too because. As we know, you know, there's a lot of men that are out there that are insecure about their penis size. They yeah. watch porn. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people get their sex education from porn, which is yes. not what should happen. No. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah. But they'll see a video with Dread. Yes. And they'll be like, oh, my penis should look like that. Like, yeah. look how happy she is. And I will never be able to make a woman feel that way. But I think what they don't realize is that like any other form of entertainment, it's theatrics it's acting not to say that like people don't have authentic orgasms or anything like that because that absolutely happens and that people don't enjoy each other but we are in the business of entertainment yeah so those ungodly huge penises (laughs) are literally like why these guys are in this industry like yeah not everybody can play in the nba you know exactly and like make fucking slam dunks but that doesn't mean like you're (laughs) any you can't like play basketball with your friends and like have a great time totally so i just i just think that what you said is so great because it's like Yeah. yeah when you have experience with those huge dicks all the time it's a little much. Yeah. And sometimes, like, it can hurt. Like, after you're like, my stomach hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Something got rearranged while we were doing that. <laughs> so what, you know? what, do you have, like, a length that you think is, like, a good size? I mean, six to seven inches. Like, yeah. Even, I would even say five and a half. Five and a half is the, apparently the yeah. average size yeah. of a man's penis. Yeah. I feel like that's perfect. What would you do... If you were on a date with a man who had a micro penis, 
<laughs> how would you like i sorry i asked myself this question i mean I'm yeah married, so i don't need to worry about it anymore but yeah like yeah. what do you do in that situation i don't know just try to make it work i guess yeah, yeah. you can assume he's really good at oral yes yeah that's so true he can make it up for it in other ways yeah yeah i, mean, I just i don't know why i i think about this clearly way too mm. often but I just like what a horrible <laughs> situation to be in and 100 not the guy's fault and it's no so yeah unfair. Yeah. To, you know, be to be born with with physical issues such as that. And I always wonder, like, how do they how do they surpass that first yeah. day? I'd almost like to you know, I'm going to put this out there. If there is a man out there with a micro penis, I want to interview <laughs> yeah. you. Not in like yeah. a shameful way, but like I kind of want to know how you navigate like life the, with the life and yeah. like dating um, because that's that's rough. Yeah. I am, you know how I guess there's a doctor in Miami that can like enlarge your dick. I wonder if that's a thing. Like, can you do that for a micro penis? I, I don't know. I don't know Maybe. Okay, I'm gonna put this out can there. Doctors that enlarge penises. I want to interview you. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you can get like a little bit of a dick enlargement. I do yeah, know that guys the girth get, rate that too. guys get penis pumps put in. I think oh, it makes their yeah. dicks automatically bigger because of the way that the pump works and fills it with more blood, just kind of stretches it out yeah, more. Yeah, right. So yeah. I'm not sure. No. There's all kinds of incredible surgeries yes. out there for people. Like, So I learned from um, a uh, from Lucy Hart, actually, who mm-hmm. is a trans, trans woman, yeah. um, that you can get butthole surgery to make it easier for you to have anal. And apparently this is like well known in the gay community. There's a doctor, I think he's in New York. You guys can go back and watch my interview with Lucy Hart and she'll talk about it. But there's a doctor who specializes in like reshaping your butthole, your anal cavity actually. I think he can also like do your butthole in a cosmetic way. Yeah. And make it like more comfortable to take big dick. Oh my gosh. Because I think some pe- everybody's anal cavity is different. So yeah, right. Take back. Other people's like might go down at an angle. So like if the penis comes in and like yeah, hits hitting the wall, stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? Because it doesn't totally. bend. It's uncomfortable. But if you like straighten out that anal cavity, maybe you Perfect. can win like that best anal scene award that you've been Yes. I love that. <laughs> I might have to check that out. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. I was just that like, is wow, that's science. Awesome. Yeah. It's fucking science, man. It's incredible. That's so cool. That's cool. So, um, what are what kind of scenes do you like to shoot the most? Um, I love doing probably. I love threesomes, like a good threesome with three people who really want to be there. Mm-hmm. I think that's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Girl, like boy, girl, girl, or boy, boy, girl, or whatever. Either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it just like the, just more energy in the room? Yeah, there's just more energy, more to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Do you, have you ever been in a threesome where you felt one person, like, got left out a little bit? Yes. I've been in some, like, bigger, like, I've done a, like a, I guess it was a five-some or something, um, and... It was it was for a shoot, and you could I could tell like these two girls did not like girls like, mm. and that was rough because I felt like I was kind of like overcompensating for everything mm. kind of you know, but and that was like when I was a contract girl for a little bit, so mm-hmm. I was like really trying to overcompensate. Yeah. <laughs> felt like that was my job, but <laughs> yeah. I will say that like some of my listeners are surprised to hear that such things exist, yeah. but girls who actually aren't into girls 
And even sometimes you only do girl, girl. Yeah. It's not that uncommon. Yeah. What do you do in those situations? Overcompensate? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I guess I'm the one just looking at everybody's pussy, but you can just sit back and <laughs> wait for the dick, all right? <laughs> Spread those legs, though. <laughs> so, like, if you work with a girl like that, do you – I mean, there's this one girl in particular who is rumored to, and I – it's hard for me to see because I may not have the right angle, but if she thinks the camera can't see, she'll literally lick the side of your leg. Like, she won't actually eat you out. She'll just, like, lick the side of your leg because she's like, oh, I don't actually have to do this because the camera can't tell. Yeah. That's have you ever – you've never experienced anything like no. that? Not that bad? No. <laughs> I've But I have, like – there's some girls who, like, sometimes there's no camera on them and they'll just stop, you know? And yeah. I And I kind of get it. Like, okay, you're maybe tired or something. Yeah. But it is kind of, like, a little disappointing. The worst – I once was shooting – so I don't know – this isn't as common now anymore because, like, those big features that are coming out on DVD aren't as frequently made. Yeah. But we would have to shoot softcore. Okay. Have you ever had to sh- – you ever shot a scene where you have to shoot yeah. softcore? Yeah. So I've done that. I, I used to do quite a few for Wicked. So we'd shoot mm. the hardcore scene and mm. then we'd shoot the softcore scene. Yeah. And I, the girl literally told the other girl during the softcore scene, she's like, look, she's like, this is softcore, so you don't actually have to lick my pussy, so can you just not? And I was just like <laughs> – <laughs> and the girl was like, okay. okay. I'll, yeah. just, I'll just do this. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the thing, too, is like, you don't want to feel like rapey. I know. You know? And it gets to a point where it's like, if you're not into it, like, let me know because I don't want to like overstep boundaries yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah. Know. Yeah. It's kind of uncomfy to be in that position. Yeah. How do you qu- question about that since the boundary checklist thing is something that's kind of new? Yeah. I'm assuming that you've worked on sets that have those now, yeah. right? How do how do you feel about those? Do those make you feel more comfortable on set? I do. I actually love that. I think it's a really good thing to, like, be able to, to everybody openly, like, talk about what they do and don't like, mm-hmm. especially the don'ts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, please don't do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really nice. Yeah, because I think that a lot of times before people would just assume that like yeah, they could read goes. you. Yeah, yeah or, or anything goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, or um, you might feel weird speaking up and being like, yeah. "Hey, by the way, I don't like, like this. this," and then like yeah. you're the person who's like, eh, "I don't like this," as opposed yeah. to it being an open conversation where everyone gets to say their do's and their don'ts. Totally. Yeah, yeah. that's been like a big change in the adult industry that I've really liked. I love that. Yeah. So. Let's talk about sobriety, yes. one of my favorite topics. Yes. <laughs> um, so tell me about your sobriety journey and what is working for you today. Yes. So in 2020, I went to rehab for the third time. Um I think for me, sobriety has been really hard. And the reason why I've gone so many times too was because um just a lot of like childhood trauma and deaths and things that I wasn't coping with and just I was using drugs to like numb it and everything so by the third time I really really wanted something to change and I knew something had to change and thank god I did go to rehab that time because with the pandemic and like being alone and doing all the things I was doing probably wouldn't be here today. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, so it was really important for me to go this last time. Um and I think what really helped me like navigate sobriety too was moving. And I know they say like, you know, 
you can change people, places, and things, but it's really like you, you know. Yeah. You but, did what they call a geographic. Yes, yeah. But I really do feel like in some ways it did help me because I I was forced to make new friends or mm-hmm. I was just forced to sit alone, mm-hmm. which is what I needed to do really was just sit alone with myself because I had been like self-medicating and I started off drinking really young. I had alcohol poisoning at 13. I went to rehab at 15 for doing drugs because I was like selling drugs in high school and I was rolling on ecstasy every day. (laughs) Yeah, like I was just doing crazy things super young and like my family couldn't figure out why like Mm -hmm. you know and I couldn't honestly I couldn't either until later this last time it was like because I tried to go to rehab again when I was 21 but I felt like 21 like so yeah. hard, you, you know. know? <laughs> the age you start drinking. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, stop then. I'm not done yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had to run around for three more years. And then finally, I was like, okay, I think we're good. You know, yeah. I've run around for like, you know, 10 plus years doing crazy stuff. Like, yeah. I think it's time to, you know, change some things. But yeah. do you feel that? It might be a challenge for you to stay sober being so young because getting young, I mean, you're 24 now? I'm 27. 27 now. Yeah. Um, That's actually funny. I got sober the first time when I was 20. Was I 27? I might have been 28. It was right before my 30s. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, getting sober that young is – it's hard. It's hard. Do you feel like it might be a challenge for you? Yes. And like even me trying to just meet people in Colorado, mm-hmm. whether it's dating or friends, like it's been really hard because what's the first thing anyone says? Let's meet up for I drinks. Know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. let me drink water like <laughs> while you drink and like, you know, try not to be tempted to, you know, drink with you. But yeah. it's yeah, it's been it's been definitely hard. But what is nice is I do have a really great support system and I have friends who I have I've made friends who like love that I don't drink and love that I don't party, even though they do once in a while. But they're like, I love hanging out with you because I know I don't feel the pressure of doing those things, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's so normalized. Like Mm -hmm. it's so normal for people to just go drink. Yeah. Party and do whatever. Yeah. When I was dating, I remember struggling with the same thing because I was like okay do I tell people that I don't drink before we go out for drinks or do I just say sure and order a club soda yeah and then they give you that look yeah you have to like explain but you also don't want to be that person who's like oh no like a downer yeah yeah you don't want to make a big deal about it yes that was yeah I I feel you on that I would be and I don't mind if people drink in front of me I just don't want them to like pressure me to drink or like you know and also I like I don't want to like babysit you you know yeah Yeah. you know hopefully you have you know your limits and stuff and you know what that is I don't have to deal with that yeah nice but yeah (laughs) yeah definitely I struggled with a lot of that same thing yeah so you so you got sober you said you went to rehab the third time during 2020 what what time were we still in lockdown when you came out of it yes so I was we were in literally I think so I went to rehab two days before my birthday Mm -hmm. because I was not in a good mental space and I was like I'm gonna do something wild or I'm gonna go to rehab so I ended up going to rehab instead 
And what month was this? January. I want to say it was like January 14th because my birthday is the 16th. January 14th, 2020? 2020. So it was literally right before lockdown. Right before. Like right before. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah. Because, yeah, getting into a rehab after lockdown would is like impossible. near yeah. impossible. Yeah. That timing is amazing. It was amazing. Literally. Yeah. It like saved my life. Literally. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. So, so how long yeah. were you in for? Um, so I did inpatient for two months, and then I did outpatient for four months, and I moved to Colorado for the outpatient. Um, and then that was probably around, like, um, end of February, probably more March was when they – especially end of March was probably when they were like, hey, we're moving stuff online – so I was doing it all online, but I did have a taste of like NAA meetings like in person and loved those, especially in Florida. Loved the LGBTQ ones. Mm-hmm. Those are the best. There's but, a really fun – if you can yeah. find like the right meetings, yeah. they're really fun because I'm in a totally. 12-step program. Yeah. And um, I struggled with that a lot because at the beginning yeah. I didn't want to go because I thought yeah. it was a cult. It was but full of a bunch of fucking weirdos and they talk about God and I was raised atheist like there were so many Many reasons for me not to go because you all are fucking weird yeah um (laughs) but once I found like the right meetings where I felt like and I met as they say you find your tribe then it was was great but it's funny now because sometimes I'll still go to meetings that are like terrible yeah and I'll be like if this was my first AA meeting I'd never come back literally like there's some like I still will go to meetings I'll be like this is awful uh, like yeah. awful they are not all good no and especially i feel like in smaller communities it's harder yes. to find good meetings oh my gosh yes when i first moved to colorado and i was trying to do some they had moved back to some meetings like um in person but it was like i was with the senior citizen group <laughs> and like we were in a basement of a church somewhere yep. you know and oh i was God. just like I don't think I want to be people like my age yeah. going through this, yes. you know, as much as I respect, I totally respect their journey. I think it's awesome to hear their stories. I just can't like, we're not going to meet up to go to a movie later. You yeah. know, like you need to feel, it needs to feel relatable for you. Yes. You need to feel like you can see people who are living the sober life that you want to live. And yeah. that feels attainable to you. Yes. You know, yeah. that's so important. So important. It's funny because I hadn't been to, so I have like a weekly online meeting. That's my home group and was yeah. my home group in Santa Monica when I was before COVID and, mm-hmm. and we moved online and I, I go every Saturday still. Yeah. Um, and so I hadn't been to an in-person meeting since Mm -hmm. after COVID and then I had a baby and I just like didn't have time, but I did this online zoom meeting. So I finally was like, you know what? I feel like I need to go to an in-person meeting. Like I haven't been to one in a long time. (laughs) I went to this one out in Thousand Oaks because I now like live in Calabasas and I used to live in the city where like they were everywhere and there weren't that many. And it was the basement of a church and literally it was like 95 percent men over the age of 65 literally which is okay (laughs) that's fine like no problem with that however it was just one of those fucking meetings and this poor girl was there like one of the few other women that was there and it was her first meeting and she was there in a dui so she like didn't even know anything about the she was just there yeah had to be there nudge from the judge as they say right she may not even have had a drinking problem maybe she just had a bad night who knows yeah so you know how you go around the room and you like identify like hi i'm holly i'm an alcoholic yeah 
And so it got to her and she was like, hi, I'm whatever her name is. She's like, I don't know. She's like, I'm just here like from the judge. Which was like, okay, move on. (laughs) I swear to fucking God, the rest of the meeting was people commenting on whether or not she should have identified as an alcoholic. This poor girl. She'd never been to a meeting Uh, before in her life. Right? You're not supposed to crosstalk, which means you're not supposed to talk about other people in the meeting unless it's the speaker and you're identifying with their story. When people share... You're not, you're not supposed to comment on their shares, single people out. The whole like, meeting <laughs> was like, this one guy was like, she, you know, you, and of course he doesn't say her directly. Ugh. He just says, you know, the girl who I d- didn't identify as an alcoholic should have identified as an alcoholic because, you know, and then like the next person share was like, well, I don't think that we should pick on the person who didn't identify as an alcoholic. <laughs> And this girl was like shrinking in the corner, and I was like, oh, she's never coming back. She's never coming back. It's terrible. So, yes. So, if you're struggling and you're interested in checking out um, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, just, you know, give it a shot. Go to a couple different meetings that may not be for you. Yeah. But don't go to one and think they're all like that. Yeah. Because, you know, they're different. Yeah, they are definitely. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, What has been the greatest gift of sobriety for you? Um, I feel like my relationships with people are a lot better. Um, I feel like my relationship with myself is a lot better. Um, That's definitely been a gift. And also, too, just, like, learning about myself because I felt like – I had self-medicated myself for so long that I just didn't even know who I really was, what what do I really like, you know? So it's been really cool, like, in a way, like, dating myself or, like, just really getting to know myself, you mm-hmm. know? Which I never would have done if I was still in drugs and partying. <laughs> it's a crazy thing to have to feel your feelings, huh? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like to sit in that uncomfortableness yeah. of, like, feeling the way that you feel. Yeah. That is fucking hard. Hard. It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever feel, I don't know what the word is, like, you know what, jealous that you can't just check out? Yes. Oh, my gosh. There's so many times where I'll be, like, especially in the beginning of my journey, like, I was just bawling my eyes out. I'm like, this sucks that I have to sit here and feel this. Mm -hmm. But I'm so grateful, you know, and I think throughout the, you know, few years that I've been doing it, I just feel like it. You know, it really is worth it, and time has shown that it's it's been worth it, as rough as it's been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're so right, because yeah. it's like, I mean, the escape, unfortunately, is only pushing the inevitable down the road, right? Literally. You're going to have to deal with Do those feelings eventually. Yeah. So you may as well get through it in that moment. Yeah. Because it will pass. Totally. But it's hard to, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. At the, especially at the beginning. It is, yes. though it's really rough to get through those moments. And there was things like, especially in my younger years or like from the past that I was like, I would, you know, I'd be talking to my therapist or something and I'm like, why am I so emotional about this? It's because I've never felt the feelings of all, from all those years. So like now I got to feel it like 15 years later. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you see the world oh. differently now? I do in a way, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. What, how do you think your perception has changed? Um, I think that, um, I don't know. I think I've just realized that life's like worth, worth living and mm. working on, you know? Yeah. 
instead of just kind of I feel like I was so autopilot too like Mm -hmm. you know it was such a scapegoat Mm -hmm. so I think yeah you feel like you have more hope now yeah literally yeah there's nothing worse than to live without hope that's the scariest thing yeah and that was the thing too I was like so it was so horrible but I was just like totally okay with like ODing and dying like I was in such a dark place that I'm like Ugh, I'm so happy to not feel like that yeah. anymore. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I can relate. Definitely. There were some times I used to drive up to, because I used to work for my mom before I started off on my own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to drive up Malibu Canyon to get there. And that was yeah. when I was drinking in the morning. And I had, yeah. like, little bottles of fucking vodka, like, all over stashed my car. Everywhere. Stashed everywhere. Yeah. And I just yeah. remember like thinking like what if I just floored it and just like drove off yes. the edge of the canyon. Oh my gosh. Like all of this would be over. I wouldn't have to feel this anymore. I know. But then you know like yeah. I couldn't. I like I, I always I always felt like my life was not supposed to be that way. I'm like this yeah. is not the life I was meant to live. Like no. I know there's something more to this. Totally. And as as hopeless as everything feels now like there was still that glimmer of like no there's something more yeah and then also like the thought of like i could never do that to my family yeah you know that yeah. would just be awful Definitely. like they would never recover from that 100 percent. it's yeah. hard though yeah. i commend you it's a really tough journey to get through yeah you too thanks yeah. look at us <laughs> oh, look we're at killing us. it fucking killing it we're in the same outfit being sober yes. it's amazing <laughs> yeah. i love it uh so you've been in the industry for a few years now yes um, any advice that you would give to new girls coming in? Um, hmm. Um, um, yes, I do actually. <laughs> Sorry, my like light bulb go. <laughs> um, I think, uh, through my journey of doing this job, I feel like, it was really hard for me to not be such a people pleaser and like too overly nice. Mm. So I would just say like even if you are a really nice person or you know you you notice you identify that you have some people pleasing tendencies mm-hmm. like please don't be afraid to speak up. Yeah. Please. Setting boundaries is so hard. Yes. I think that's one of the hardest things for people to accomplish. Like I yeah. still struggle with that and I'm like 44. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I feel like, too, like, there's so many great people in this industry, but there are some. It's like in the industry. Yeah. There's always bad apples. Exactly. And if they see you're too nice, people will take advantage of you. And it's, you know, you don't want to. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it to be liked for two seconds. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And then feel bad about yourself later. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. That's um, that's really good advice. Yeah. Um, Is there anything about the adult industry you would like to see change? Um, I would love for us to have more rights on these social media platforms. <laughs> I don't want to be discriminated anymore. <laughs> yeah, you lost a couple of Instagram accounts. Yes, yeah. so many. And honestly, they're just so inconsistent with the rules. Yeah. And I wish we just had more of um, like some sort of 
something that can stick up for us, you know, mm-hmm. that has like a weight on things, mm-hmm. you know, like an advocacy, yeah, like the FSC, except the FSC is but more power, social media. yeah, <laughs> social media. but more power. I mean, yeah. but that's the thing, right? It's because these social media, unfortunately, they're private companies, yeah. So technically, they, they can, can do, do whatever, whatever they want. want, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting how you know there's a lot of discrimination laws out there, but none of it applies to sex workers. No, to the career that you choose, because I guess the this idea is that you've chosen this career right so yeah. this is a, a thing that you've chosen therefore we can discriminate against you because you had a choice in that matter whereas yeah. other forms like you know you were born a certain way totally but it's still i think ultimately in that sense then you know we just have to help try to dispel the stigma around sex yeah and sex workers i agree what do you think the biggest misconception about sex workers is um well i think a lot of people I think some people are so uneducated that they think a lot of it is, like, sex trafficking, which is, like, a little alarming because I'm, like, I don't know where you're getting this information from. Yeah, that's Please a big, don't spread that. Like That's a big hysteria point, and that, and that is so marketable. People love headlines love of sex trafficking that. in it. Yeah. And it gets a lot of attention. It's so bad. I'm, like, no. And it's so misconstrued <laughs> and so misunderstood. Not to say that it doesn't happen. But, yeah. But it does not happen on the level that you see in the media. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure. There's actually a really good episode. Um, if you guys are interested in, in learning more about the hysteria around sex trafficking and how misappropriated it is, um, it's called uh, You're Wrong About. It's a fucking fantastic podcast. And they do a really, really good in-depth episode around sex trafficking and around like these crazy headlines and how they are like they misconstrue statistics and how stories get twisted and and end up being not you know what you see in the headline because the problem is is that you'll see this big headline about like oh sex trafficking this and then it'll be some kind of it'll be some erroneous story however you never get the headline back, go, sex trafficking story was wrong. Yeah. Sorry about that. This is actually what happened. Yeah. That headline doesn't happen. Just yeah. the first one, yeah. and then that's all anybody reads. And yeah. then it's word by it's, mouth. Everybody's If it's disproven, it's yeah. it, like that, that is never, because that doesn't get clicks, you know? Yeah. And I think, too, like people don't really understand how professional our industry can be. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I, I don't know. I wish there was more representation of that portion of our yeah. industry. Yeah. Well, know? that's what we're trying to do here on this podcast yeah. <laughs> is to talk to actual yes. sex workers, people in the industry totally. who can talk about what it's actually like for them. Yeah. Overall, are you happy about being yeah. in the industry? I'm so Do grateful. you feel like you picked the right career path? A thousand percent. What is your favorite thing about being a porn star? Oh, there's so many. (laughs) Um, I love working with new people. I definitely get, like, you know, fun butterflies and, like, I don't know, just that fun new experience of working with somebody new, you know. Um, I do – and I do really enjoy acting as well. Mm. So I feel like, you know, that's really fun to have that incorporated sometimes, like, with certain – Certain companies and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just opened a lot of doors for me, too. Like, opportunities. And, you were yeah. in a mainstream indie horror film, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I forgot yeah. That, to mention that. Um, yes. Uh, you were the lead role in a Amazon Prime movie, The Spider. Yes. Tell us about that. Yes. So, um, 
the director has done a few movies for Amazon Prime, and uh, he actually does like this site called the Kissing Channel, which mm-hmm. is like a kissing fetish thing he does. And he found me through camming, and um, then he hired me for the Kissing Channel. And then he was like, "I I wrote the script, and I like want you to be one of the leads." And I was like. Well, I mean, like, I've acted in porn, but I've never, like, had a huge script. And, yeah. like, and luckily, his name's Desmond Heck. He's the greatest. Like, fed me all my lines whenever I needed it. Like, just super easy to work with. So nice, you know. So it was such a great experience um, for my first time doing something other than, you know, porn. What's but. the movie about? Um, so basically there's a girl who's like, I'm like her doppelganger almost in a way or her like alter ego that she wants to become forever. And so she wants to be me. And, um, so we have to kill like a certain amount of men because she goes to a psychic and they're like, in order to become this girl, like you have to kill five men. And then (laughs) I end up being the seductress that kills men. And wow. then, yeah, that was actually really fun. That sounds really fun. Yeah, and we worked on it for so long, but it was awesome. I had so much fun doing it. Amazing. Yeah. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming thank on. It's been such a pleasure. <laughs> can you tell everybody where they can find you online? Yes, you can find me um, on Twitter at Callie Roses. You can find me on Instagram at The Real Callie Roses. And yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and of course, you guys can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Holly Randall. Still on TikTok somehow. Maybe I won't be by the time this episode comes out. I know I always <laughs> say that, but I'm just like waiting to get deleted. But it's yeah. Holly Randall Unfiltered. Um, I also have a Facebook um, that's actually been doing like really well. I, I didn't, it was weird. I like let it slide for a while and I had reels reposting from Instagram. And then oh, I nice. looked and I had like, 10,000 followers and I was like whoa so That's we've awesome. been working on that channel more and um yeah the page is really picked up we'll probably be doing some live streams there so definitely go check that out it has a really weird fucking url that is like a bunch of numbers and shit and I don't know how to change it so just go to um my link in bio which is at my instagram and on my uh, twitter and just click on that and it'll have the link to facebook so thank you guys so much for watching and I will see you on the next one bye thank you so much for listening your support means the world to me a great way to show your love is to rate and review my show and an easy way to do that is to go to ratethispodcast.com slash hru and you'll be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports and then led to where you can leave your review and if you can afford to financially support this podcast you can do so for as little as five dollars a month at patreon.com holly randall unfiltered This is where you'll get access to the live streams of my interviews, bonus Q&As with my guests, access to my fine art photography and behind the scenes of my shoots, free memberships to my not safe for work website, hollyrandall.com, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, and so much more. You can watch the video versions of these podcasts at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Join us every Sunday evening for episode premieres where you can chat live with myself and other HRU fans as we watch the newest release together. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All of my social media links are at hollylinks.com.